yesterday in Hamilton. It was the Porrit Classic. Arthur Porrit finishing third in the 100 metres at the Amsterdam Olympics in 1924. He's portrayed under the name of Watson in the movie Chariots of Fire. It is a big track and field meet, and we're very lucky now to have on the programme one of New Zealand's leading female competitors, in fact, New Zealand record holder for the women's javelin, Tori Peters. Afternoon to you, Tori. Welcome. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. 59 metres 60, starting to progress nicely early on in the season. What was the goal at the start of the season in terms of the distances you were looking to try and throw by the end of it? Yeah, so I guess at the moment, um, sort of, yeah, like you say, early in the season, just looking to sort of find my seat and, and, and get a bit of, um, get, I suppose, a bit of consistency, really, I suppose, um, to start the season. And so a couple of 59s I'm really happy with. And, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the season, I'd like to like to see a new PB, like we all do. So, um, yeah, anything sort of over that 62.40, which is my New Zealand record and, and personal best, would be would be awesome. Yeah, so in terms of getting up to sort of 62.40, what is it? Is it just about more competition? I mean, are you in a particular part of your training phase at the moment? So how do you, you yeah. know, what's the next yeah, step yeah. in terms of finding that extra two, two and a half metres? Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, the first the first couple of competitions at the start of the season are always always a little bit, you know, can be a little bit grim and, and trying to find, I suppose, your rhythm on the runway again and, and all those sorts of things after you've put in a, um, you know, a pretty a pretty big training block, you know, um, end of last year and sort of leading into this season. So it's about sort of being able to transfer um, all of that hard work that you sort of done in the gym and and and, and the training sessions um, leading into the session, uh, leading into the season. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's yeah, it's just about sort of um, trying to piece it all together on the one on the runway and and connect it all into that javelin. So um, yeah, we've been working on a bit of speed stuff. I'm significantly stronger. Um, as well coming into the season so it's just all about you know that changes things on the runway for me so um, it's about yes going back onto that runway and and figuring it all out again. Mm. Uh, Tori I mean you're comfortably the best women's javelin thrower in the country so perhaps at times at a domestic level you maybe don't get depth of competition. Does competition help you throw further or is this a sport where really it's just about you controlling what you can control? Oh look, I think there's um, it's a bit of both, and you know I've I've sort of found that when I have um, you know competed abroad as well, I've so um, you know seen um, further distances um, in terms of my performance as well. Um, it's always nice when you can go into a competition and and there's a, a collective of throwers that are all sort of throwing around that 60 meter plus mark, and I think it's you know you see those javelins go out there and and when they're consistently going out to that distance, you sort of it's sort of just you sort of get an eye in for sort of that distance and and yeah and I guess yeah that that experience that they bring to the competition as well you sort of end up rising rising to the occasion so I think there's that element but there's also the element of of you know like um, the sport is so technical right so a lot of the time you are just competing against yourself as well in terms of trying to really hmm. figure that tech, like you know piece your technique together on the runway so um yeah sort of a, a bit of everything and then obviously you know you can be, come into a competition being um you know physically feeling great technically you know really sound but you know you get a howling sidewind and it's not going to do you any favors for the flight of the javelin so it, it can be can be tough at times in the event um I, I find in that space but you know it just provides a bit more challenge for you out there and so that you know that you know if you can throw relatively well in tough conditions you know that the day that you get good conditions 
you should be able to actually make make the most of that and really put out a good throw. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Uh, like in track cycling, in a velodrome, you want warm, humid conditions, and they often have the velodrome almost sort of um, sealed so that you can have um, the perfect environment. What are the best throwing conditions for javelin? Is it better when it's humid? Uh, clearly you don't want wind unless that wind's behind you. Uh, even then I'd imagine that at times can probably require some adjustment in terms of your takeoff and your run-up. What are, what are the best conditions? Um, well, funny you say that about the tailwind because um, I've actually thrown a majority of my personal best into a headwind. So for the females, we quite like that to, for there to be a little headwind so it actually holds the javelin up a little bit longer. Yep. Um, and and the, the men tend, tend to like the tailwind because they can throw significantly further and, and often the javelin, you know, it's in the air longer so the wind actually can, can carry it when it's got that tailwind. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's different for everyone, right? Everyone has a different preference, but um, ideally you sort of want, you, you definitely want it to be a nice hot day. Um, the warmer that you are, the warmer your muscles are, the, the easier it is to get in those pretty outrageous positions that we sort of do get into in the javelin throw. But, um, yeah, for me, I love a little head, a, a slight headwind um, nothing that's coming across across the javelin because it makes it pretty tough to, to fly the javelin um, with a crosswind. Mm. But um, yeah, so yeah, for generally for myself, just a little slight headwind and and plenty of heat in the day. Okay, now I'm always interested in physiology of different sports and different sports within track and field. A lot of people watching it going, okay, you've got to get good speed down the runway and then, you know, you launch it and it tends to, most people probably think that it all comes from the shoulder and the arm. What muscle groups are key to being able to launch a javelin a long way? What what parts of the body are you ultimately using? Well, javelin's essentially a full body movement. So it's everything's generated from the ground up. So um, we actually cover a huge variety in our training to, to actually factor for that. So we do a lot of a lot of work with um, being able to be obviously fast on the runway, so sprints. We do a lot of plyometric work to be able to bound doing the, our crossovers down the runway. And then obviously we have the element of, of, of upper body strength um, and, and a huge um, amount of strength through our torso to be able to rotationally apply that force into the throw. Um, so it is really a full body throw, but a lot of it is about being able to have also good range, so, um, but also great strength at range, and being able to get into those positions, I guess what we call with, with ease. So um, at the end of the day, your best throws are going to be the ones that you're the most relaxed on, and the ones that you've often let it go and you think, oh, I wish I'd tried harder, you know, but often it's those throws that you try really hard that are the worst because you tense up and you're short and your levers and, and all the rest of it. So there's so much to it and I think you know the event is really challenging in that in that way and that, that's sort of why I love it as well because the training's always different you know you're always being challenged in a lot of different different ways different areas and um, you know just as you think you're getting good at one thing you know there's something else that you can that you can improve on so um, I think it's, it's awesome for yeah just mm. consistent growth of, of you as an athlete and, and then also as a person. We've had reasonable continuity on the men's side, going back to Mike O'Rourke, then you had Gavin Lovegrove, Stuart Farquhar, and there's been a bit of a succession. Mm. Not so much on the women's. So how did you get into the javelin? How did you get into throwing a spear? Yeah, it was quite crazy. Um, like when you when you talk about that, there hasn't really been too many um, females coming up the ranks or like, you know, in, or been in New Zealand history. But um, yeah, it was actually my, my sister gave it a go at secondary schools that, you know, and I sort of. She was only a couple of years older than me, and she was she was relatively good. She you know she could throw, and I thought, oh well, I could probably do it better. Just you know that sibling rivalry sort of took over, and so 
um, I actually just picked it up at school one day in a PE lesson and, and sort of carried on from there. Could I guess, you know, sort of I was grew up on a farm and had a bit of natural natural strength and coordination. So throwing the javelin was a bit just like throwing a ball for me and um, it sort of just clicked and um, it all sort of just progressed from there. And what about coaching resource in New Zealand? Do we have the coaching resource in javelin? Do we have enough coaches who are sp- yeah, specific think, enough? Yeah, yeah, I think we do. Um, well, you know, like when I first started, I had a phenomenal coach um, down in Gore. His name was Murray Speedon, and he was a decathlete himself. And, you know, he very generously gave up his time to coach my sister and I for a bit there. And um, as soon as I left secondary school, I went on to be coached by Raylene Bates in Dunedin. And yep. and then after that, moved um, to Hamilton to be coached by Debbie Strange, who was um, who coached Stuart Barkwar. And, um, yeah, so I think, you know, like we have, um, you know, there's a lot of resource there. And then there's also... Um, Kirsten Hellier, who's um, you know had in the past has been a javelin thrower, and she previously held the New Zealand records. And then we actually also have one of the um, Australian uh, ex-Australian javelin throwers, um, Kim Mickle, who's also involved now with Athletics New Zealand, who was a phenomenal javelin thrower um, as well. So there's definitely plenty of resource there. It's probably more so that we don't see many many coming up the ranks um, in athletics because. It is just such an unusual thing mm. to sort of get into. I mean, you don't walk into the warehouse and buy a javelin, you know. Like, no, you, you don't. You, know, you can go, and, you can you can go and buy a rugby ball and a netball and and you know all the rest of it. But yeah, it's sort of you know if you can't get a hold of those sorts of things, how do you know you got mm. it? At, and 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 yeah, so it sort of just comes comes a bit down to exposure and and getting people just getting a javelin in kids' hands and and um, yeah, trying to trying to sort of grow things from there as well. 20 minutes away from one, you're listening to SENZ, New Zealand's leading javelin thrower, Tori Peters, is my guest on the programme. Uh, Tori, the Olympic qualifying back in 2016, 62 metres for the women in 2020 or 2022 in Tokyo was 64. What are you expecting it to be for Paris? Has it been announced yet? And are you, uh, uh, do you believe you can reach that standard? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, you know, like the, I think the standard will sort of, but around 64 again, I believe mm-hmm. um, it won't be too far, too far from that. So, um, and, and yeah, I totally believe I can, I can put that together and, and qualify for for the Olympics. And um, you know, it's a big goal of mine. And but uh, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to keep taking it a, a day at a time and and keep keep focused on on the process of, of how to throw that and, and not get too caught up in, in the number side of things and chasing distances and things. So, um, yeah, I mean, this year is as much of a preparation for being able to get to that distance as anything. So we're putting in a lot of work this year um, and, and, you know, trying to compete a little bit more as well to get get sort of ready, I suppose, um, and get myself in the best best sort of state of mind possible and physical and physically as well to, to be able to qualify and, and then do well um, on that international world stage. If you don't mind me asking, um, how old are you currently and what is the maturity, the maturity or the maturity age for throwing a javelin? Yeah, so Jevin, so I'm I'm 28, I'm turning 29 this year, but um, these are I'm coming into my peak years now. So, okay. Yeah. Um, there's a lot a lot of females on the um, circuit at the moment um, who have you know throwing lifetime best and are 30 plus years old. So, um, you know, really really reassuring for us in the sport that there's longevity there. But I think it just shows you know the techni- te- uh, the real technical aspect of the event takes you know how long it takes to get that right and to really perfect it. Um, you know, there's been a number of uh, of females in this on the circuit who you know have thrown their lifetime best, and they've been 36, 38 years old, which you know is amazing, really. And um, so yeah, I mean, being 
being 28 now, I'd like to think I'm sort of coming in, coming into my prime years and just getting ready to um, really see the big throws. Now you're going to head to the Mori Plant Meet in Melbourne on the 23rd of February. What are you expecting there? What type of competition? Tell us a little bit about that meet and what the expectations might be. Yeah, so um, the Mori Plant Meet's a, a gold level um, World Athletics meet, which is fantastic for us for accumulating points and, and getting that good international competition, I suppose, as well, which is what I'm sort of really looking for at the moment. So um, heading over to that, I'm... I'm hoping to get you know get something out over sixty would be awesome. Um, it's going to be a pretty a pretty um, solid field, I guess, in terms of the women's javelin, which is really good. There's a number of international competitors um, in our field, which I think will help, as we mentioned before, you know, help, help me rise up in, in mm. my performance. Um, but yes, yeah, so anything anything over sixty is going to be great. Um, mm. There, I'm still tracking towards our nationals, which is going to be the following weekend. So, um, mm. yeah, I suppose be looking to. Looking to sort of come into some really good form, sort of mm. Melbourne Nationals and even Sir Graham Douglas, uh, which is mid, mid, sort of mid-March um, in Auckland. So, yeah, that's sort of where I'm, what I'm sort of looking for at the moment out of those. Yeah, uh, just, just one final thing. When you are throwing, clearly you can go and have a bit of a chat to your coaches in the crowd. It's always one of those things that I think people enjoy watching on television when watching a lot of those field events. But do you yourself know what technically might have gone wrong the moment you released the javelin? Yeah, quite often, quite often you do, and I think it's just one of those things. You know, you, if you have a pretty good awareness and pretty good um, feeling on on your throws and that sort of thing, um, often I I am going to the fence and I sort of tell my coach, yeah, this is what I felt, and quite often she's in agreement. So um, there might be just the odd one or two other little bits and pieces that she might um, contribute, but it's it's nothing major, and it's often nothing massively. Um, not nothing massive to change, I guess it's and it's nothing new. Um, so we always like to keep our cues um, really really simple and, and and things that we've heard before in training and that we're working on. Um, but yeah, often yeah, often it is that I know, and, and it's just sort of going over to the coach to have a bit of a chat. And you know, sometimes you go over to the fence and you don't actually talk about anything technical. You might just have a bit of a yarn and, and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, it's actually sometimes yeah, there's not much. Not much to it, then, and people think there's you know a heap going on. But sometimes you know coaches just tell a joke, make the athlete have a bit of a laugh, and, and relax a little bit more. So, yeah. Well, Tori Peters, lovely having you on the program. Congratulations yesterday, and we certainly look forward to following your pro- progress throughout the summer and certainly throughout the year. And genuinely, fingers crossed that we can see you competing in Paris next year. Yeah, awesome. Hey, thank you very much for having me. You're welcome.